How drunk are you right now, Chelsea? Scale of one to ten. Mm, let's not talk about it. Ah, it still says I'm unstable. I mean, you are unstable. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a, any jokes. Okay. That's just like a sanity measurement. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to the OC. This is Keeping Up with the Coens, the official podcast of Newport Living Magazine. My name is Ryan Drake, coming to you from a chilly, overcast day in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm joined, of course, by my one and a half co-hosts. I would like to start by saying hello and welcome to our favorite person, <laughs> the often imitated, never duplicated, always constipated, Queen of Cabo, Chelsea Trinidad, <laughs> coming to us live from another country. Hello, Chelsea. How are you? you? You know, I told you about my intestinal distress, like in secret, and you had to just go and blab to our entire you podcast. You put it on TikTok. So it was on that. <laughs> okay, I forgot about that joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair you enough. You forgot about the... Okay, I'm not even going to ask. Okay. I make a lot of jokes, Whoa. Ryan. Wow. Okay. As someone as a someone lot. who made jokes for a living for a decade, I didn't forget a lot of them, so... <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, thank you for being here, Chelsea. We appreciate you coming to us from a, from a, from a beach in Mexico. Big uh, Julie Cooper energy. Oh, you know, I do what I can. Uh, also joining us after that wonderful intro I just gave you, um, Dylan is also here. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm new, new, new Dylan. I, I, hate, uh, it. I hate it already. I got four tattoos this past weekend, and uh, I do CrossFit now. And so we're going to see if we like mm-hmm. this version. I have a little surprise for you coming up later. Uh, you'll find out soon and also contemporaneously with Ryan. So it'll be a good time. Contemporaneously. At the same time as. That's simultaneously. Contemporaneously means it's happening at the same time as something else. Simultaneously means that. They're synonyms. Okay. Well, um, we are uh, covering two more episodes of season two of The OC. We're like we're getting close to the end, right? We've only got like two episodes left of this season. We have, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe how fast this has passed. Yeah, I think we've got two more weeks of, of show um, before we are in the end of season two already. And then we won't come back for season three until probably 2025. Um, but you know, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out when that, when when that time comes. Mm-hmm. Coming into these episodes, I just watched them like literally an hour ago. Uh, Chelsea, first of all, are you willing to admit that I was right about Zach being a meddler and not being pure? Okay, he after these episodes with Reed, I mean, he was totally sterling. Absolutely, pot. he absolutely was, and I called mm-hmm. it. It was calculated, and it also triggered something that happens in the next series of episodes, which we'll get to, I guess, next week. But I was like, New Zach. Oh. <laughs> These two episodes were kind of okay. Like, I didn't hate them. Um, they were okay. They were, uh, they were still, I'm still coming off the, the low of uh, the Lindsay stuff, so I feel like I'm still okay with this. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rest in peace, Lindsay. We miss and, you every in, day. In headcanon, every person who leaves the OC dies, I've decided. So, R.I.P. She's there with Dustin. And AJ and uh, what was the guy's name? Donnie. Donnie. Mm, oh. Donnie. God. King. Pulled a gun. First gun. Second gun that we've seen so far, I think. The first gun was Donnie. The second one is what we saw today, I believe. We should start calling it Donnie's gun. Hey, you know what would be really funny is if me and uh, Dylan made a 
a um, Chekhov's gun joke right now. Okay, so I actually do have a story. I told I told them, and by you, I mean the listeners. I already told Ryan and Chelsea, but I was talking to my sister, and she was like, okay, so I don't get the jokes about Occam's razor or Chekhov's gun. And I'm like, well, okay, well, this is what it is. And I kind of told her what both of them were. And she goes, oh, I thought that there was a character on the OC named Occam that I just didn't know about, and he had a razor phone. So <laughs> shout out to Haley. <laughs> For casual misunderstandings. Ooh. Oh man, I like yeah. that. I Ma- Haley needs to be on this show. Yeah. She'll she'll Haley she, Irwin, but also Haley Nickel. Yeah, she can be a she can be a correspondent. Mm-hmm. She can be um she can come and speak on behalf of the Haleys. Uh, okay, well, guys, I know we're I know we're in a time crunch. You want to get into the first episode? Yep. This is a this is a me episode. Yeah, let's do it. Well, we'll begin today with episode number nineteen, The Rager. <laughs> The Rager features Sandy Cohen on screen for six minutes and 45 seconds. Dylan, tell me about The Rager. The Rager originally aired on April 14th, 2005. I'm pretty sure April 14th is when the Titanic sank, but I can't remember. 7.05 million viewers watched this. And it was written by Tony Warmby. So when I was in college, I got deep into Titanic conspiracy theories. (laughs) The Mummy? Did you read The Mummy one? No, I got into like um, the J, like the no. J.P. Morgan, and like there were two boats, and they switched them because like the White Star Alliance had made like three Titanics. It was a whole thing. It's very interesting stuff. I don't necessarily believe it. I don't not believe it. Oh, um, okay, this episode opens with Sandy in the kitchen. Trey, Trey's there. I forgot the Trey's like staying with him, but now he's moving into his new apartment slash Alex's old apartment because <laughs> they didn't want to pay for a new set. <laughs> Sandy says that Trey is part of the family, which I thought was strange that they I, yeah. I don't know that seems too soon too much too fast yeah um i wrote that trey sucks and ryan does not accept trey's apology for stealing the risky business egg um smash cut to california here we come skip credits i've reached that stage too it's okay so i got it broken down into storylines i would like to begin let's begin with the with the main uh, marissa ryan and trey stuff um seth and marissa think ryan should forgive trey i think they are again just meddling they're like this is none of their business if he wants to not forgive trey let him not forgive trey that's just mm-hmm. my thoughts uh, marissa goes and visits trey she gives him a lava lamp which by the way i had like four lava lamps when i was a child dylan i'm assuming you did as well i had one yep it was so cool chelsea i, I only drank half of it <laughs> no i didn't have a lava lamp instead i had the ones from limited two that were like made out i don't know they were kind of metallic they weren't lava, Do you have black lights in your in like i used to have black lights in my bedroom <laughs> I had a black light light bulb. Ew. A black light light bulb. Yeah, in black my light bathroom. light bulb because I had like black light posters on the wall. Oh yeah. Thank you. I've I've watched next before. We've had this oh, discussion. The ceiling? I wasn't painting the ceiling. I was using it to light up my posters. <laughs> oh boy. This is pre-painting the ceiling. I think I was like a child. Um but yeah, I used to like melt stuff on them. Anyway, I was weird. All right. Um we we see we get a glimpse into Trey's new life in Alex's old apartment. Um he has a bean bag a and tiny. one glass. A tiny beanbag. I have a bigger beanbag mm-hmm. than Trey. Is, Do you have is a beanbag currently? Uh, yeah, I'm not in it, as you can tell, but I have a gamer beanbag that I can actually <laughs> fit my entire body in. And by the way, Leslie calls it my gamer beanbag, and she said... That's you not want a it? term of endearment. Uh, I guess... It, well, she says it in a nice voice. Remember when mm. Love Sack was like the biggest thing? Like Love Sacks were like $10,000, but they were also like mm-hmm. the most the most like height of luxury thing you could own. We're, we're sponsored by Love Sack. This episode's brought to you by Love Sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
we find out that uh, Trey also only has one glass to drink from, and it's also almost his 21st birthday. Um, so that's fun. Ryan is mad at Marissa that she went to see Trey, but she wants to throw up a birthday party. Once again, reaching into his business, um, he wants her to stop pushing it and scolds her like a cat, and she leaves the kitchen like a scolded cat that she is. I think, and and you kind of hinted at this, I think that Ryan is justified in his, like, what are you doing-ness yes. at this time. It kind of gets a little bit too far, but at this point, I'm 100% on Ryan's side with this. It's kind of weird. It's his business. Yeah. But, like, everyone else is involved. Sandy's involved. Seth's involved. Marissa's involved. It's like, come on. Just, he doesn't want to talk to his brother. Don't make him talk to his brother. Yeah. I also just, because I know Chelsea wants to say it, but her internet's weird. Ryan had terrible hair in this entire episode. He literally looked like a thumb for this entire episode. And I think this might be peak bad Ryan hair. Oh my gosh. Ryan did not figure out his hair until the fourth season. My internet's not weird. I just had nothing to add. (laughs) You're you're at the beach. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's just like, she's not even on screen anymore. She's she's walking around. She's. Well, I was I was wondering to myself, like, do we think that Ryan went too aggressive on Marissa? I, it seems like Sandy is wisened up to it. Like, obviously, Sandy was kind of the first one to be like, yeah, we can come support Trey. And then once Sandy realized that things were going awry, he was like, okay, no, I, if you guys need help, if you're in over your head, let me know. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that... I think that Marissa, despite everything she's been through, is still incredibly naive and just doesn't know what it's like to deal with a loose cannon like that. So they should have, um, you know, defaulted to Ryan's wishes. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think he was being too hard on Marissa at all. I think his actions are having to meet Marissa's actions. The more she tries, the shittier kind of he has to get to make her stop. She, she has a pretty mm-hmm. bad track record with helping mm. broken things. That's the thing, right? Like, it's just so similar to Oliver and mm-hmm. now Trey and as we know Johnny yeah. in the future and even even mm-hmm. Ryan to an extent I guess Ryan's kind of the least broken which is maybe one thing they ended up dating I don't know mm-hmm. but like this is just it's it is every season there's a new version of this and that's probably why they had to do something about the Marissa character in season three <laughs> she'll just keep helping people we have to kill her yeah yeah we can't have this anymore. I mean that's basically her entire personality though at that point right like yeah um mm-hmm. so Seth convinces ryan to go by trey's house slash alex's old house and wish him a happy birthday the day before his birthday that's which is strange but ryan agrees to do it so they pull up to trey's house and they see him leaving he gets into a camaro a shady looking camaro apparently because this is very classist and (laughs) they follow him which at this point they're doing the way weirder thing than he is, but they follow him to some back alley and they watch him get out of the car and give some dude some money. And Ryan immediately jumps to those conclusions that he's buying cocaine or speed, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't, I, I've done a lot of drugs in my life. I really still don't even know what speed is. Is it just like Adderall? Yeah. I don't know what that is either. Is it, is it like it's some, some, I think it's like a, a blanket term for just an amphetamine. Oh, it could be like meth. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. So Ryan shows up to Trey's apartment on his birthday and tries to just beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, he's beating he's beating down Trey's door. So his hands are already hurting. Um, Trey opens the door. He accuses him of coke or speed. Get rid of it right now. Um, turns out Trey is a good dude. Um, and he was 
Right. This is a this is a story. His parole officer took him to meet a homeless guy that he knew in jail, and then he just gave him five dollars. Somehow that's, that's a more believable story than yeah, I did spike cocaine. It did kind of get me when he was like, "I thought my brother's coming here to take me out to breakfast on my birthday." So I was like, Ooh. "Yeah, no, it did not get me. It was such is, a guilt trip. It's, it's this, manipulation. It's what Zach was doing now. It's this Anakin Skywalker energy that he gives in this episode, and I am absolutely not here for it. And I'm at a point now where it's like, well, the same thing keeps happening. So Ryan's kind of an idiot for falling into this trap again, where he assumes the worst." And then it's something like so good that he feels bad. I was half convinced that at this point, Trey was just going to be like, no, I did, wasn't buying speed. I was buying another watch for you. And here it is. And throw the yeah. receipt at him. It's just it's literally much. the same thing as the watch. Like they're just like, oh, we ran out of ideas already. It's I like, bought a homeless up. guy for, for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. So he's given $5 to a homeless guy. Ryan feels bad. Trey guilt strips him. Anakin, the Anakin energy is very appropriate. Actually, that's a good, it's a good uh, comparison. Also, because Rachel Bilson dated Hayden Christensen in real life. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, during a Jumper. Weren't they in some weird like? Yeah, it was like a time traveling movie, but it was I a weird did not one. See Jumper. I'm not shocked. Marissa, we, we're smash cut to Marissa in bed again, just laying around on her own by herself. In Ryan shows up. Here's Ryan. He apologized to Marissa. Uh, Marissa's wearing the shortest shorts I've ever seen in my life. And Marissa wants to help Ryan make things right with Trey. So she agrees to throw him a birthday party. So in order to pull this off, I wrote, Marissa goes to her ex-girlfriend's house to get her ex-boyfriend's ex-convict brother. <laughs> she wants to take him to dinner. Or does she? Surprise. Great moment. Julie is a cool mom about beer. <laughs> oh, he can have one. Yeah, that was so funny. She was like, well, he is 21. So he can have one beer. I'm a cool mom. God, I Bye. love Julie. Like, Julie's wonderful. She, I, yeah. I just, I wish that we got more of fourth season Julie throughout the whole show. She was just a delight. And we get peaks of her in the other seasons. But I will say, I listened to episode two of the Julie Rachel podcast, or the whatever, Melinda Clark, Rachel Bilson podcast. Not the, the sec, it, was, it was a little too long. It's like us. It's a little too long, I think. <laughs> the second one was hard to listen to. But uh, there's also a video version that popped up on my YouTube recommends. Melinda Clark looks amazing. She yeah. looks incredible she looks better than rachel bilson She's stunning yeah mm-hmm. did you see who they have yeah. coming on tomorrow uh no sandy cohen oh no yep. how do we compete we with that <laughs> listeners um you know Five stars. tell your like friends and subscribe. rate review <laughs> hey, we need we need peter gallagher and chelsea to talk to each other that's all i care i just want that conversation yes. to happen i don't oh even need to talk gosh. to him i'll call him david it. and then he'll yell at me <laughs> I'll ask really insightful questions. My inner Ellen will come out. But other than the mean the mean part where I like No, I think it's all I think it's all appropriate. People. I think it all works. So You guys yeah, are like yeah, both yeah. sides okay. of my cool. Ellen. <laughs> You're the mean Ellen, Ryan. That's what I'm trying I to say. I was giving I was giving myself space to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> You're looking for that Marissa has brought Trey to a surprise party and it's just Marissa, Trey, Ryan, Summer, and Seth. Mm. And then Julie comes down and says, yeah, he can have a beer. I'm a cool mom. She leaves. They say they invited a couple of people. Mm-hmm. A couple more people show up. Uh, I don't know who they are. It's weird. It's just kind of the same vein as like Caleb inviting everyone to this adoption party for Lindsay, where it's just like all these people are showing up to a party for a thing they don't care about, about a person they don't know. But people start showing up. And it's it's cool at first, but then there's a knock at the door, and it's oh, some random gosh. girl. 
And she goes, hello, is there a party here? And Marissa goes, uh, and then she looks around and she goes, this is it, guys. And she waves them in and like a hundred more people storm the door. Like it's the Capitol. That made me laugh. Okay, I know I promised like we weren't going to talk about my high school traumas, but like that shit happened to me several times. Mm. I would I would tell my parents like, yeah, I'm just gonna have a few friends over. But I don't know. Everyone knew that my parents were cool. And like, I always kind of had a, you know, that's like stupid to have to be like, oh, can I bring so and so? I was always just like, no, just we're all just going to take care of our business. And if I want to bring someone, it's fine. If you want to bring someone, it's fine. And I had a lot of out of hand parties because of it. That's a hum- trauma. Humble, that humble just, brag. Yeah. No, that's, it's that's not just, trauma. It's just existence. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess that's true. That is kind of a humble brag. Like, sorry, all the parties I threw were lit. AF. I like the idea of calling you the the head of the high school trauma department, though. I'm going to start referring to you. <laughs> that's you. I've been so addicted to uh, I've been so addicted to Grey's Anatomy lately. I would inject my veins with it if I could, and they do a lot of that because they're doctors. So there's a lot of IVs mm-hmm. going on. But I I watch it everywhere. I even watch it in the shower. We're having problems. How do you watch it in the shower? I just watch it on my phone and I stick it in the shower with me. So keeping up Mm -hmm. with the grays. Fifty Shades of Grays. Yep. Oh my god. Can you imagine how long that would take us? We'd die. There's like thirty seven. I actually had a question. You might be the person to answer this because you clearly are you know, have had this happen to you. And so I laughed for so long about something that I thought happened but didn't. So it was so quiet whenever this, they, you know, Marissa opens the door and there's this girl out there. She's like, is there a party here? It's really quiet outside. Mm-hmm. And so was this roving gang of teenagers just like standing on the other side of the house, like re- being really quiet until they got the go ahead from the girl at the door? Is there just like, is that just what happens? There's like a roving gang of party teens that take over. Well, I feel like that's kind of the exact same thing that happened whenever Haley threw the party. Like, it was just silent, and then they opened the door, and then one guy comes in and is like, hey, we're here, and, like, shakes up the champagne, and then just mayhem. That's what, I had maybe a note about how, that. Maybe that's how they do it in the OC. I had a note that said, basically, like, it's been a while since we've had a big fucking party, mm-hmm. and I think the Haley one on New Year's Eve was the last one. Yeah. It was a rager. That was a good, that was a good episode, man. I, yeah, and like I said, it reminded me of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol, where it's just a bunch of people outside waiting to get in, and then they got in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is nope. that too soon? I actually just have a draft <laughs> of our episode name, Insurrection. <laughs> Insur Seth. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're going to workshop that we'll one. We'll figure it out. I will also <laughs> say while we're here... There are a couple of cuts back and forth between the party, and I I went ahead and made the, the decision that there are two musical moments of this episode, and they are both at the party. <sighs> Good, that'll make up because I forgot to do outfits. Marissa short shorts. So, it should be so Marissa short shorts because they are very short. <laughs> right? Can okay. I guess? Can I guess? Uh, I think I know what it is. Short. Well, they're pretty, they're kind of tied to each yes. other. But go ahead. I think that I think that it is. It's the Daft Punk song that's playing first. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the follow-up song, yep. which is Daft Punk is playing at my house. because That's it's- exactly correct. <laughs> wow, Dylan. It's Technologic by Daft Punk, and then they come back, and it's LCD Sound Systems. Daft Punk is playing at my house. It's the remix of that song. It's so great. Um, back-to-back, both just fucking party songs. Mm. Very appropriate for the era. You knew it was about to go off. Like, the second you heard the, like, opening uh, tones of One More Time, it was like, okay, this party's about to get lit. People are about to stand on furniture. I DJed a college pool party over the weekend at a graduation party, and I played One More Time, and as I was playing it, an old lady fell down the stairs and busted her face <laughs> 
I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. That's real. That's how hard that song goes. Oh, there was blood everywhere. But I had to turn the music down for was a while. There, I was like, I don't know what to do. Was there blood on the dance floor? I'm not going to. Uh, gross. I'm not going there. That guy sucks. We're not He's talking about so him. Okay. Uh, it's been a while since we've had an insane party. There's a lot going on with Seth and Zach. We'll get to that in a minute. But we see Seth asking water polo. He's asking random water polo dudes at this party where Zach is. And they just decide that they're going to fight him because that's what water polo guys do on the show. And then Trey comes in out of nowhere and just like almost kills them. Like he gives them like a straight up like mandible claw from 90s WWE. Uh, The Atwoods love protecting Seth. And then we're introduced to Jess, Jess. who I believe we have not. We've not seen Jess up to this point, right? I get Jess and Holly confused. They're the same. same. They fill the same void. So we we meet Mm -hmm. Jess. She has a tattoo of Buddha smoking a joint. Speaking of tattoos, Dylan, how are Mine yours uh, marinating? I, uh, I am a big proponent of stick and poke tattoos now because there's literally zero recovery time. I got to shower that night. So get them. I mean, they're like, but they're like small tattoos. I mean, that, like... yeah, that, that's the biggest one that I have. I say on an audio podcast. Oh, wow. Dylan, put your shirt back yeah, on. Sorry. My God. Yeah. And I got, I got this one too. <laughs> I got you on one cheek and Chelsea, and Chelsea on the other. <laughs> <laughs> he got pod. He got pod life on his butt cheeks, like they're knuckle tats. The, uh, guess where the O is? The, the best tattoo I've ever seen. Um, one of my husband's best friends. They were in Hong Kong, and he got drunk enough to think it'd be awesome to put a panda Ooh. on his belly. But it's like a backwards panda, so his belly button <laughs> makes his asshole. I've seen How Far Is Tattoo Far, the wonderful show that MTV's still making. Oh my god. I only have one tattoo. I literally have one tattoo in my entire body, and I was on drugs, and Miley Cyrus put it on me. So that's my... Where is it? Which one? Is it your arm? That's the best tattoo yeah, story the, I've ever heard in my entire life. That Miley... She put her initials in it. Oh, dang. Yeah. I have more tattoos than Ryan Drake. Wait, but didn't, didn't you almost get a tattoo uh, with, from, from one of our favorite songs from the OC? Yeah, I almost got the piano notes from it's, uh, Your Ex-Lover is Dead. As if I was going to get it. Actually, when Dylan was getting his tattoo, this is behind the scenes. He was, you, were, you, uh, you talked to me about it to see if I wanted to get tattoos. And I was thinking about getting that Stars tattoo finally, but I didn't Dude, do I'm it. telling you, man. Yeah. You should have. It would have been really, it would have been a moment for our uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. I would have had to get one Should the three of us get, uh, keeping up with the code? We uh, should get we should tattoos? get dude. We should get the piano notes. The piano notes for uh, um, California. Uh, yeah, that's actually not bad. Should we do this, guys? Should we do this? We're all vaccinated. I can be talked into it. Yeah, it's so easy. We need to talk. Let's talk about this offline. I'm into this idea. Actually, I love it. And then we never. We're gonna finish this podcast and never talk to each other again. But still have tattoos that we're like, oh god, why did I do that? I hate those. You'll be Kevin McAllister, and I'll be like your New York bird woman. <laughs> I'm gonna meet Donald Trump and I'm gonna see you. It's gonna oh be a whole gosh. thing. So we meet Jess. Um, she immediately like she tells Trey she has a boyfriend. So this I need someone's gonna have to explain more about what's happening here to me and then about the next episode because I'm already confused about it. But she says she has a boyfriend. She's really getting real flirty with Trey and she takes him into one of the many bedrooms of Marissa's ginormous house. Which I thought originally was Marissa's bedroom. Yeah, Turns the bear out it's not. was it's just, the Care Bear just, was there. Just a random bedroom, apparently. And the next note I have is it's cocaine season again. Here we go. These guys are just doing the most cliche <laughs> cocaine that you can do like, with it just like on their nose still. Um, Ryan, I feel like kind of made a <laughs> shitty joke to Marissa about drinking water. I was like, okay, Ryan, you need to calm down. Yeah. They go back upstairs. They're not concerned about the party really, which I thought was actually kind of cool. It's like Ryan's not immediately freaking out. Yeah. 
other than the whole, you know, inviting Trey back into their lives, I thought Marissa was like really good this episode. Mm -hmm. Like she had this big party, but she stayed relaxed. She was just drinking water. They were all kind of just like, oh, a party happened. Whoops, the daisies. See, I thought that Ryan would be the one to like freak out and be like, this is too crazy. And he'd start like being an asshole to everyone. But no, he was cool about it too. Yeah. So they go to Marissa's actual room, um, which we know is, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> they go to her physical bedroom and they lay down on her bed together. And he thanks her for being nice and helping with Trey. <laughs> And then they start getting closer and closer and closer. And they're about to kiss. There's about to be a nose graze. Their tongues are about to touch. But then mm-hmm. there's a scream. Yep. A murderous scream coming from the party outside. Amongst all the people and all the music that's being played very loud, this scream is somehow so much louder than anything that's ever yeah. been heard. We we see Jess. She's died. She's in the pool face down. She's drowned. <laughs> She's dead. She is died. She <laughs> I mean it was really kind of creepy like she like the way that they filmed it and stuff it really was like she was just dead like it was Absolutely. It's, it, but like she she somehow had to have walked outside, walked downstairs, walked through the crowd, fallen into the pool and then mm-hmm. gotten in the pool so she died very aggressively and quickly. But she's floating face down in the pool. So, yeah, what you're saying is, like, she had to... In the middle of the pool, too. It's not like she fell in. Like, she was, like, in the pool, I guess. I don't, it, yeah. just, it just doesn't add up. If I'm a detective, I'm asking questions. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought it was almost uncharacteristic Seth? of Seth to be the one person to jump in the pool to, like, save her. Oh, my gosh. That was so strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Seth's the one that doesn't do that. That's kind of his shtick, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it would have made so much... If Trey did it, it would have made more sense. Do you remember when Marissa was OD'd in the alley in Mexico? Like, Seth wouldn't get close to her. Yeah, yeah he just kind of, like, gave Summer a hug and they watched from afar. From afar, yeah. But Seth jumps into the pool and, I guess, probably saved Jess's life, right? Because he got her out. At this point, I, I know kind of what they're trying to convey is that Jess had an overdose and almost died in the pool. But, like... Well, all the questions we've already asked are just the tip of the iceberg because I'm just like, now the police are showing up. Mm-hmm. I don't know who called the police or an ambulance. I guess maybe they called an ambulance for Jess, but the police showed up instead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone called Sandy that he doesn't, he doesn't say whether it's Seth or Ryan. Somebody called Sandy and he's on his way over there now because I guess Jess overdosed on Molly <laughs> and the police are there and they, is this a real thing, Dylan? Because I didn't understand this at all. Because it's Marissa's house, they arrest her? So, kind Yeah, we need of, a legal opinion Kind here. of. Um, there are a couple things that can happen. Um, like, there are some pretty squirrely charges. Like, you can be charged... I can't remember. Like, if you are a drug dealer... This is kind of beside this. But like, if you're a drug dealer, and someone buys drugs from you, and you take those drugs... And you die, and that person dies. You can be charged for their murder, and I think in a similar way with the house because they were kind of providing the dwelling in which all of these drugs were being ingested. Um, it's sort of like if you uh, if you own a house and people are cooking meth in the house, you could get charged as the person on the on the title. For, Even if you didn't know about it, yeah, yeah, because everyone doesn't know. So about if it. I came to your house and I cooked meth, you would get arrested. Depends on my cut. I had a nightmare about that one time, actually. What was your nightmare, Chelsea? Um, yeah, I was like, while I was watching Breaking Bad, of course, I, I dreamt that my friends from college came and cooked meth at my house. It was really weird. I don't know why I, did, why I dreamt that. Was it that. Dylan? No, it wasn't Dylan. It wasn't that college friend. It was, it was John <laughs> Zach, which I know them both. Now I have to bleep would, their names like, out. 
then it's even more funny. Yeah, are we a name bleeping pod? I like that. I like that idea. So I guess this is not going to make the cut. I bleeped the name of your traumatic high school ex whenever you said his name, but not asking you to prom. So yeah. Oh well, that you could have left in. Real ones now. Wow, uh, Chelsea's like you could have left that in so he would hear it, and then you, maybe he'd talk to me. If yeah, you sub to our Patreon, you would have know this already. It's already behind the paywall. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you get the un, you get the unbleeped versions behind the paywall. Yeah. I like that. We're we're a name bleeping podcast. We we do it to protect the innocent or not so innocent. We could do like some unnecessary censorship like Jimmy Kimmel style and just have Chelsea cursing up a storm. That'd be really funny, actually. I'm trying to curse less on this pod, by the way. When I was editing the last one, I was like, I say fuck a lot. I need to say it a little less, especially knowing that your parents listen. Well, our show starts with a a big, long, kind of unnecessary bleep, so it kind of preps the audience for it. Well, you almost said box set. We don't have a new intro yet. It still says box set rewatch podcast. (laughs) It sounds like an OC fuckity fuck 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 podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Said by the guy who almost never cusses on the podcast, although I think I got really mad about something and dropped a something something last week. I'm turning into Ryan. Mm. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. We're switching well, roles. Well, Dylan's the only one that like has to remain a pristine person of society. Like you know, yeah. me and Ryan are kind we of can, yeah. Rogue. We're, dege- we're degenerating right before your ears. Yeah, I sell. I mean, I sell ball wash, and you know, I have a balloon company. I can do whatever I want. I can get a neck tat. And I sell cocaine. Hit me up on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> yeah. And I am one of Ryan's best customers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Chelsea's working for me in Mexico right now. Okay. Uh, so the, basically the cops say we're going to arrest Marissa because someone had an overdose at her house, at her party. Her house is ginormous. The odds of someone having an overdose there are high just based on the square footage, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> That's a good they, argument, but tra- Counselor. But Trey decides instead that he's going to step up to the plate, be a man and take the fall for Marissa, which is absolutely so stupid. That that would never happen. No way. Zero percent chance. I'm shocked that I honestly, based on this episode, I'm shocked Seth didn't do it, but of all people, Trey should not have done it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He's like literally just got out of jail with a very long record. Like, Mm -hmm. and older than everyone else there. He's over 21. Like, doesn't have rich parents like every other person there. So that kind of wraps up. So, we, I mean, Trey gets arrested, and that's how the episode ends. And that kind of wraps up kind of that whole storyline, which is basically Trey's still up to some no good, maybe. Uh, because we don't, I guess, necessarily know that he didn't give her the drugs, but we later find out he didn't. So that's how that ends. Jess is dead, and Trey is going to jail. <laughs> don't worry. There's a conspiracy. You know how Avril Lavigne has a conspiracy theory about how she died and they replaced her with a new person? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like Paul McCartney. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like that's what happened to Jess. I was deep in the Paul McCartney one. Dude, I was too in college. Yeah. I mm-hmm. Titanic and Paul McCartney were my two big conspiracy theories. You know who Billy Shears is? That's the guy that won the contest, right? Yeah. And the, so so if you listen to um with little help from my friends um on Sgt. Pepper, uh the last line of the song is Ma- Paul Paul or quote unquote Paul sings, "Now let me introduce to you the one and only Billy Shears." And Billy Shears won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. I think it was in Liverpool. Um, and it was after Paul McCartney had, quote unquote, died in a car wreck. And then Billy Shears got all the plastic surgery to look even more like him. Mm-hmm. And he just became Paul McCartney at that point, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was yeah. little egg, there were little Easter eggs, like in one photo of them. They all have red flowers, except for Paul has a black flower. And Paul, on the cover of Abbey Road, Paul is the corpse because it's actually a funeral processional. You have the priest, 
Um, you have the grave digger. You have it's like the whole thing. There's the license. And he's plate. the one not wearing shoes, right? Yep. And there's a license plate yeah. that says um, L M W for Linda McCartney weeps. Oh man. Welcome mm-hmm. to Conspiracy yeah. Corner. Wow, I can't believe we all know. I can't believe we all know about the three of us. Are like, wow, we really are perfect for each other. Paul is okay. dead. Yeah, this is the first time I've respected you, Dylan. <laughs> hey, you know, you know next what? time, next time we'll talk about um, Kurt Cobain and everything surrounding that. Instead oh, of hey, we've been talking about what to do after the OC pod. We've gotten requests from people. Like shout out to Kelly, who's like, uh, I don't want your show to end, basically. And like, we've should said, we, we to do out. classic rock conspiracies? Let's Ooh. just do conspiracy pods. We don't need to watch TV. Let's just okay. go deep into the rabbit. Let's just take mushrooms and get on the mics and see what happens. We can be called the rabbit hole. People will be confused. They'll think we're QAnon, though. We have to be like, no, we're only good conspiracies, about, not bad conspiracies. It's called rabbit hole colon we're not QAnon, and I'll shave my head. and be- We might actually be QAnon by the end of it. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, no. QAnon that's is all a real twist. That's a real twist of the ending is to keep up with the codes is that we've been Q the whole time. Yeah, yeah like it's like me. Anna, Anna. Like Anna and yeah. uh, what's Sorbo? We're like Hercules? Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> God. We're on their yeah. payroll. <laughs> they pay yeah. us exactly uh, $150 in Dogecoin per season. I will say, first of all, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging money right now thanks to the Dogecoin. Um, I will say that uh, on the OC pod that Melinda and some, and Rachel do, they had the casting director on last week. The episode, like I said, wasn't as good as the first one. But one of the things that he did say was when they brought up Ryan's dad, he, he, he like... Oh, yeah. Made fun of the fact that he casted Kevin Sorbo. He's like, I really fucked up on that one. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I regret that one. <laughs> yeah, That's that was awesome. pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to... Let's move on to the Zach, Seth, and Summer oh, story. Man. So we learned that Reed is driving from L.A. Mm-hmm. to Orange County to meet up with Zach and Seth about the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't even remember how we left that off. I think Carter said, I know a person, and suddenly Reed's coming. And I was like, okay, yeah. we missed a lot there, but here here comes, here they come. Um, Summer says, basically, I don't want to know anything about this comic book. Um, I can hear myself in Chelsea's microphone, because she put her AirPods down right next to the microphone. <laughs> I So the, the whole thing about this storyline that I just... I mean, I'm glad that it kind of came to a head and almost resolved itself in these two episodes, but I thought that it was starting to get to a point where Summer was being weird about it. Um, like In which way? In the way that she went, I don't want to hear anything about it, or in the way she's like, I want to hear everything about it? That she didn't want to hear anything about it. Like... I, no, I think that's a good move. I kind of, I'm kind of into that. Unless something absolutely monumental happens, I don't care. Just you do your thing. We have our relationship. Did, it's good. Did you feel like she was discouraging it at all? Because I, I got the vibe she was like discouraging that it was even happening. And no, I got, I got the opposite vibe. I thought that it was her, her saying I don't want to hear about it was her saying you do whatever you want. I'm cool with it. I just don't want to hear. I just want to hear you talk about it constantly well, I, I mean that that changes things i for some reason i thought she was just like i don't like it i don't want to hear about it i don't want to support well, yeah you. she basically i mean yeah. yeah well she didn't say i don't want to support you she said i don't want to hear about it yeah she's not breaking up with him over it she's letting him do it she doesn't want to hear about it yeah fair enough so summer doesn't want to know anything about the comic book reed's coming and seth and zach go to a dinner meeting oh with gosh. reed and we discover that reed is actually a very attractive girl Yep. And Seth is immediately a sexist about it. Yeah. He's a she, that's terrible, is the line that I wrote down. And every yeah. single note is sexism, sexism, sexism everywhere with Reed. It's so cool to see a woman involved in comic books. 
Yeah, dude, just wait till he finds out that some women actually uh, write them. It's going to be weird. Chelsea, did you uh, have thoughts on when Seth and Zach met Reed for the first time and Seth's comments about women in comic books? Um, Yeah, they were super sexist. I just, this is Seth at his very worst. Like, this is why we all get annoyed with him. Um, I just, the whole thing that, uh, I just, this whole storyline just gets me going. And yeah, we, I think that Zach definitely like played it up to his advantage because he was trying to slide in there and get summer back. But I think that like Seth really has no one to blame but himself. I don't even know if Zach's end game here is to get summer back as much as it is just to break up. Summer just, I think I it's just yeah. to stir shit. I think you're right. But no, I don't think I don't he know. wants summer back. In, in a, I don't know. In a couple episodes, we'll, we'll talk about that. But hmm. I don't think he wants summer back. I think he just wants summer to want him back. Yeah. I don't. A couple episodes from now, he cooks her gnocchi while wearing a chef's hat, and you do not do that unless your end game is to make out. <laughs> or if you are a chef at a restaurant. <laughs> okay, or if you're a chef. <laughs> I mean, Reed's kind of picking up on Seth's uh, like douchiness, I think, and kind of lays it on to Zach. She says he's like, he's like a doozy house, Doogie Hauser meets Gordon Gecko, but with dimples. Mm. And then she calls him genius boy, and she praises his business plan, which is all shit that no high schooler does, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Seth is just so jealous. You can tell Seth is so jealous of the fact that this hot comic book girl is in is like pro Zach on any level. I don't even think. I mean, I don't think Reed is like romantically interested in Zach. No. But he just like he's just jealous that she's even that she likes him at all. Aren't we also to believe she's only like maybe eight, seven, eight years older? Than them, like tw- in her, her mid twenties. Oh, I thought she was younger than that. No, I was thinking she's twenty three. That's what yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like it was like her first nobody, year out. Nobody likes you when you're twenty three, but Zach sure <laughs> does like her. Um, Zach, I wrote Zach and Seth are being weird about Reed. All caps. Zach is being calculated. He wants to break them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said it last week. Standing by it this week. He's yeah. not as altruistic as you think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the. I told you. There's a wheel people alternate they're good characters they're bad they're good they're bad zach is being bad i kind of like it though bad zach but like there's like so much tension now between seth and zach that it's like bizarre because like you can tell that they are both kind of trying to one-up each other yeah like it's very very obvious that they don't really even really like each other at this point oh you, you had that line from seth where he 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 like finally decides to not be sexist and said decides to be homophobic where you know, they, um, Reed asks, oh, where's Zach? Is he, is he coming for their follow-up meeting? And, and he goes, no, he's probably doing his hair or something. Slight gay guy vibe. He asks yeah. if Reed gets a slight gay guy vibe from Zach. As That's if he did, as if he doesn't know Zach, first of all. Like, yeah. Like he, like they, like he also just met him. Anyway, yeah, that was my next note. It was Reed meets with Seth alone. So mm-hmm. Seth, Seth calls a meeting without Zach. She goes to the diner. She meets with Seth. He takes all the credit for everything that's happened. He's, he basically says that Zach is just like an intern, essentially, that gets coffee. Mm. She's just trying to do whatever he can to get Reed to like Zach less, I think. That's so weird. But then he also lies to Summer on the phone when he's like, oh, that's just the waitress. And it's like, ugh, you could have just not, you could have lied by omission, which is not okay, but better than just straight up lying and saying that's the waitress. Yeah. Uh, so next time we see them all, they're at Trey's birthday party, which I think is weird that Zach brought reed that's, to trey's birthday party it's a power move seven you know 17 year old that okay 
So yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it's admirable. It's like asking Hillary Duff to the prom admirable that he brought <laughs> Reed. What's creepy is that Reed was like, sure, I'll go to a house party with this 17 year old. Yes. A hundred percent. That's so strange. Yeah. Ew. That's like the creeper. Everyone had one of those at their high school, Ugh. like the 20 something that went to their parties. Everyone oh, had yeah. one. It is strange that. Reed, who is now a, ver- a brand new like business associate, is like, yeah, I'll go to this high school house party with a bunch of high schoolers doing cocaine with you. She's a le- she's allegedly some sort of some level of executive at some level of comic book company, but whatever. Yeah. So she she goes to the party, and apparently she had told Zach everything that Seth had said about him. I actually really like this scene when they're like arguing over a game of like beer pong. They're kind of yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. And Zach's like, what's with the gay vibes and the hair and all this stuff? And I laughed out loud when Seth goes, what is she, a court reporter? <laughs> That's amazing. What's well, the, the dry coffee? Yeah, cappuccino, bone dry. So next time we see Reed, she's in the bathroom. And of course, Summer comes into the bathroom and they hang out and talk in the mirror because this show has run out of ideas, just like Anna and Summer did in season one. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And of course, yeah. the only thing they have to talk about are boys. Like they exactly. didn't even have a cute, uh, you know, let's connect on something else vibe. And they kind of look alike. They like, do. Do you think, think that summer? was? Do you think that was on purpose? I think so because it's another kind of brunette who kind of with like fine features. Yeah. I can I tell? You, I didn't think that Reed was like cute at all. I was not into her. She didn't have that King Charles spaniel charm that Rachel Bilson has. Oh, I didn't yeah. think I did not think Reed was cute at all. But you know, who, as an adult, probably as a kid, I may. But as an adult, I did not think Reed was cute. You know, who I thought was very cute was Aaron. We'll get to Aaron in a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I was very into Aaron. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, they're yeah. in the bathroom. They're talking about Zach, of course. She's like, Summer asked her, "Did you come with Zach?" She says, "Yeah." Uh, I can't believe he doesn't have a girlfriend. And Summer, almost like with remorsefully, says. Yeah, some people at our high school are dumb or something like that. Something along those lines. Got it. Which is basically saying, like, I regret breaking up with Zach, in my opinion. You got to get away from that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So then, that's already kind of strange. Uh The next line is full-on bizarre. When Reed looks at Summer and goes, have you ever heard of Little Miss Vixen? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so weird. And then... uh... Like I and then later at the party in the next episode, she's like, "Everyone, this is little Miss Mix Vis Mix. Everyone, this is little Miss Vixen. Like we thought that this a comic book was unpublished so far. How would she expect people to know who that is? I don't even. Know. I think that was supposed to be a group of people who work who would work on the comic. I don't yeah. know. We'll get to that episode in a little bit. But like this person that you just met, okay, she looks kind of like a comic book character that you also just learned that about. So if you to ask, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're like, have you ever heard of little Miss Vixen? And Summer's like, yes, I have. It's me. It was, it was <sighs> weird. Um, so you introduce yourself. I'm Reed. Summer's mad. Chelsea, you tell me because I'm, I don't even fully understand the, the levels of what's happening here. But like, if you were dating a guy, he was working on a project he was ambiguous about the people he was working with. You find out there's a very hot girl. Are you as mad as Seth was, as Summer was with Seth? Um, just if they try to like conceal it, then yeah, that would be problematic. But no, under normal circumstances, I'm not an insecure weirdo. But it was that's why I just thought it was so strange that Seth was like, "Oh no, Summer's going to be upset." Blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, it's fine. But he, like, but he was right though, because she was very upset, which I thought was kind of strange. 
Was she mad that it was um, Reed there? Was she mad that he tried to hide it? To his credit, I don't think he... I mean, other than him saying that thing on the phone about it's the waitress, I don't think he tried to hide it. He just said, we're meeting with Reed. He never said, the guy, Reed, the man, you know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's kind of like that episode of How I Met Your Mother with Jenkins. There was yes. there was a lot another lie by omission because like Summer at one point says well just let me know when you're finished with him and he didn't correct her so I mean technically I guess you could say he yeah, lied okay. twice I just thought Summer was like very upset about the Reed thing and I was like okay yeah, well she Go has, off. She has maybe blackouts. maybe that's maybe that's a high school thing I don't know but she does say like I can't believe that there's a hot comic book girl. Who thinks you're the next Brian Bendis? I don't know who that is. I've assumed you do, Dylan. Yeah, uh, college of li- minute. Yeah, li- actually, listeners of this show will know that we have discussed Brian Bendis in the past, and I'm not going Ugh. to uh, to. As a host of the show, I did not know that. I'm not going to harm you all by repeating who Brian Bendis is, but um, he's Seth's favorite comic book writer. Perfect. So then, Summer leaves. So Summer's not mad. I don't think Summer is mad at Reed at all. She's mad at Seth for lying about Reed. Mm-hmm. She leaves the party with Zach and Reed, which again, kind of like salting his game. Yeah. I think the uh, the last storyline we have. I put all the adults in together. Uh, so it's Carter, it's Kirsten, it's Sandy, it's Julie, it's Lance, Lance. still around. Lance. That's right. I mean, talk about a character who I thought was going to be, I thought it was going to be a Denny Duquette situation, and he just, his storyline just keeps going on and on and on. I love it. Though it's a Lindsay Wheeler situation, B. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, big news. The first issue of Newport Living is officially out. Oh. They did it. They did it, uh, and they're already getting sued. They're getting sued because Carter wrote an article about somebody, and they didn't like it, so they're suing him, which I guess you can do that. Uh, and Carter, has a, he finally has a beard. His beard has officially arrived. I've been anticipating it. It's there. Chelsea, is he attractive again, yes or no? Mm, there's something about his face that's weird. I don't know. I don't okay, find perfect. I don't know. I'm, I'm not into the strung-out alcoholic types, but maybe, maybe he's for other people. Hmm. <laughs> According to all of your high school trauma, I think I would disagree with you, but okay. Uh, <laughs> so Carter and Sandy are hanging out. They're going surfing. Uh, I wrote that I love that they're hanging out. I love them together. If the whole Kirsten thing wasn't going on, I would love them just being friends and hanging out. Uh, they're hanging out. They're going surfing. Carter's going to use Sandy as, his, I guess, his attorney for the lawsuit that they're having. Uh, when they do go surfing, they run into Aaron who is uh, the the young orthopedist. And I wrote, Carter and Aaron are definitely going to fuck. I don't remember that they didn't fuck. I thought they did. Mm. Uh, Aaron's cute. I'm very into Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. She. Oh, uh, my gosh. She has big Joanna Gaines energy. Wow. Oh, wow. Magnolia table. Damn. I think I like her less now. <laughs> She's gorgeous. I, I like, do like that. I like Chip better when he had weird teeth. Uh, yeah, no, I love Aaron. I'm very into Aaron. She's my new favorite. Carter and Aaron talk. Sandy, you can see the wheels turning in Sandy's head. He's going to try and set him up. We know where that's going. We see Julie talking to Marissa. I don't remember what they talked about. I do remember that Julie gets a mysterious phone call. And she takes it. And then the next thing we see is her opening up a gun container a gun box a literal Chekhov's gun in this and, uh, case it's not a Chekhov's gun if she doesn't kill him with it yeah but no but it goes off kind of well it just but she doesn't use it to kill him it's not a Chekhov's gun it's like a it's like a, a decoy it's a normal gun it's also well, diamond like, yeah it's a it's like a fancy ass like revolver yeah that's like, like Dylan you'll you'll have to make the final judgment on this but 100% what she did is very illegal uh, right? Yeah, um, illegal illegally pointing a firearm, I believe, is a felony in Oklahoma. 
So she has a gun. We, which is wild. This is, I think, the, like I said, the second gun we've seen in the show so far, next to the one that uh, Donnie shot Luke with. I think. I think you're right. We've seen more. We've seen as many cigarettes as we have guns. We've seen as much cocaine as we have guns. Ah, more. So she has a gun, and we're going, oh god, what's she gonna do with that gun? Is she gonna kill herself or Caleb or Barissa or somebody else? I don't know. She finds Lance's um, seedy hotel. That was the phone call she got. It's like, the mermaid in. investigator. Wasn't the Mermaid Inn, I don't uh-huh. think. Little Mermaid Inn, baby. No. Well, he's, Did they he's, show it? Yeah, he, well, he's there in the next one unless he switched hotels. They think that he's reusing set pieces because also the bar they go to in the next episode was the Tijuana bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, the, was it the Chino bar too? Probably. <laughs> it's the one bar. You're not going to get that on the Melinda and Rachel podcast. Take that. Julie finds Lance. He's in his weird hotel, and she pull, she points the gun at him, and she looks like the woman in Arkansas with her husband that were pointing the guns at people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Julie looks like. And she, but she does pull the trigger, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like that's intense. And for like yeah. half a second, I thought, "Oh, she wanted to kill him," but then she admits that she knew it wasn't loaded. She mm. just wanted him to feel the way she felt when she had it all taken away from her. When, stuff. when 30 people saw a very PG porn scene projected yeah. on a big screen, it's the same as her getting shot in the face with the revolver, apparently. Yep. So next time we see something with the adults, it's Sandy. He's talking to Kirsten. He brings up Aaron. He wants to set her up with Carter. Kirsten is uh, kind of upset about it. She doesn't. She's she's acting a little strange. Yep. Yeah, she's moody. She's been moody Kirsten this entire season. Mm-hmm. Well, she's drunk, but yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, no, well, Chelsea, is she Chelsea moody because relate. she's drunk or is she drunk because she's moody? What, what's your answer to that question? It's like, it's like I <laughs> resent that. I am neither. There's no, I am face always a joy. I feel like there's no, an, there's no answer. It's the fat bastard paradox where you eat because you're unhappy, but you're unhappy because you eat. You That's don't know right. what came first, the sadness or the drinking. I think sadness comes first because whenever Kirsten, um, sometimes whenever she drinks, she's really fun and funny. Like it improves her situation a lot of the time. That's a good point. I love drunk Kirsten. It's sad that she has to go to rehab. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised Ryan doesn't just get mad at her for being drunk. Like he gets mad at every girl for getting drunk on the show, but let's, I'll finish out the, the Julie Lance thing. So Julie, then she, she threatens him, pulls the trigger. He sends her porn in the mail, by the way, which I thought was fun. She gets a package. It's her own porn tape. She gets um, a package, huh? That's and right. The, and the delivery, the delivery guy. This really messed with my head. When, when, so he delivers the package. She signs for it, and then he stands at the door, like, "All right, are you supposed to tip your UPS delivery guy?" Yes. Do you not do that? No. He's messing with me. No. Chelsea, do you? <laughs> oh. I, I can tell now. I can tell. But, like, that messed with me so much. And it was funny because it was almost like he was a delivery guy in a porn who's like, wait a second. You got to make sure you pay for this package. It's just a lot of meta porn happening here. (laughs) Meta porn. (laughs) I hate it. I hate hate it when my friends go through meta porn. (laughs) Tell us it's like 40 years away from meta porn. It's fine. Um, Yeah. I'll look great then. So... She gets the porn tape in the mail. I guess it also comes with a note that says, meet me at the, come to Tijuana, meet me at the bar. And uh, she does. She goes and meets Lance. Uh, He reveals that Caleb did not actually pay him. He actually had an offer for $8,000 for Julie's porn tape, and he didn't do it because he's a good guy. 
Uh, but he, he reveals that Caleb did not pay her. He actually beat the shit out of him. Which we didn't. We saw those two guys walk into the hotel room, but I guess it was just implied that they beat the shit out of him, but we didn't actually see it. Well, they didn't bust up his face or anything. Yeah, he looks great. He's like a great mm-hmm. guy. Not blinking. Um, stand up. Stand up, man. But that makes Julie upset that Caleb gambled with her reputation, is what she says. Uh, next thing you know, they're just getting drunk. They're drinking beers, they're reminiscing, and they're vibing to Whitesnake. Here I go again on my own. Mm-hmm. It was a great episode for music, by the way. Like, so many good songs in this episode. Because the next song, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, also incredible. They're slow dancing. They're drunk. She tells him finally that Caleb is going to divorce her. Or at least she thinks that he is. Um, he was disgusted by her on her trip. And we also learn that when Julie and Lance were together, she left him for Tate. Mm. And then my next note says, Lance is horny. Lance offers to literally murder Caleb. Yeah. Which is true. What a nice guy. So he I guess the implication is there's like some sort of life insurance or there's some sort of I guess she would just, or just take her over. Inheritance yeah, she or would just take over the, the yeah, that's right. So if he dies, mm-hmm. she'll still be rich. And Lance Lance like, I'll take care of you and your daughters. I'm like, Lance, you don't give a fuck about any of these people, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's some there's something going on there. Like maybe he's gonna kill Caleb. I don't know. There's a dinner party. Carter looks great. Mm-hmm. except for his strung out alcoholism part of him yeah. um aaron is hot sandy's a good host i thought that was great when sandy's like you gotta come to the backyard you gotta see the views i was like oh sandy a very jewish host <laughs> uh and then kirsten i just said kirsten is chugging and chugging and chugging along just wine after wine she's like a sad train mm. yes, <laughs> that's right i think i can i think i can i think i can't we're not mocking alcoholism. We're mocking Kirsten Cohen's fake alcoholism. It's not fake. It's Thank real. You. How dare you? Oh. Dinner is, seems to be going well. I think, I, God, I want Carter and Aaron to hook up. I just really needed that, but it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, Sandy gets a call. That's when he gets a call from either Seth or Ryan or somebody that uh, there's a dead body in the pool at Marissa's house. So Sandy gets up and leaves. And if Marissa's short shorts were not the outfit of the episode, it should have been Sandy's giant white, like, jinko pants that he's wearing with, like, a blazer to dinner. They oh, were yeah. massive pants. Like, one leg on these pants was as big as, like, my punching bag. Yep. Yep. It's the, uh, it's, I felt they were linen, just, like, solid linen pants. They were large pants. Um, so Sandy leaves. I think Carter goes with him and just leaves Kirsten and Aaron alone. And Kirsten starts meddling, just like Zach does. She gets involved. She tells uh, Aaron, be careful, because his divorce was really hard on him. And Aaron's like, oh, so he's not over his ex-wife. And Kirsten basically says, yeah, he's not over his ex-wife. So she's trying to like keep them apart. She doesn't want them to get together because she secretly loves Carter. And that is how the episode ends. Man. Yeah. Man. I know. Good episode. I mean, I, I kind of like just, you know, we were talking about how it's fun just watching Horror 4 um you know hijinks happening with them and them just hanging out and then a crazy party happening was kind of a fun situation we hadn't really seen them in since the uh new year's eve episode so i thought that was fun love their crazy party episodes mm-hmm. that will get us into uh, episode number 20 the oc confidential i don't understand why it's called that Did, can you shine some light on that for me is, is this like la confidential yep. right la confidential i don't even know what the la confidential is but okay it's an amazing movie great i don't watch movies yeah. as we know i've seen 10 movies in my life um, mortal kombat's one of them mortal kombat's one of them um so is dude where's my car okay the oc confidential features sandy and then 
and then and then and then the OC Confidential features Sandy Cohen on screen for 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Dylan, Man. tell me about the OC Confidential and how it is or is not like the LA Confidential. So the OC Confidential originally aired one day after 420 in 2005 to 7.05 million viewers. And it was written by Mike Kelly. And you all... Um, even though I already told you this on mic and off mic, I'm going to pretend like I didn't. But I want to make up for last week where I didn't have my act together, where I didn't do a good introduction to the episode, and where I dragged on for too long. I say as I'm kind of dragging on for too long. I wrote down every single word of the summary that I'm going to use for this episode, and we're going to go through it together. So if you all have something to say... Just stop me because I am a train and I am going to barrel you're right through this episode. You're chugging and chugging, you're chugging and chugging, just like Kirsten. And Chelsea is going to get to her <laughs> magic show. So, so wait, hang on. Are you going to stop and let us talk? Or are you just going to read? Are you going to read for ten minutes and then we'll be done? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm going, do we like raise our hand? Yeah, how do we like, do so, this? How does this so work? Here's here's what I'm going to do. It. I like that we're like we're it. like in the middle of a season. You're like I'm going to change everything. Yeah, I have it broken yeah. down scene by scene, and so I'm going to read a synopsis of the scene, and then we can stop, and I can kind of gauge if you all have any questions or anything i'm not going to speak mm. fast don't worry we'll oh, make I like it work. This. that's kind of like yeah. how i used to do it i feel like so, i'm in i feel like i'm in like zoom school because of the pandemic right now okay just raise your hand raise on your little emoji <laughs> raise, raise your hand ryan if you need to speak and let me hey 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 take that pen out of your mouth out thank you we start off with a classic <laughs> well tammy co- put on a pair of pants <laughs> We start off the episode in a uh, classic Cohen's kitchen scene. Um, Ryan and Seth are discussing whether or not Trey actually brought drugs to the party. Sandy, who had been waiting in the wings for like the best time to walk in with Trey, walks in and informs the boys that Trey is facing some serious charges. He's facing hard time. Uh, So he's back with the Coens in, quote unquote, Sandy's custody. And Ryan and Seth, upon hearing this, decide that they are going to go full 21 Jump Street and catch the actual culprit. How are you all feeling about this plan so far? I don't get it. I'm already lost. I don't understand any of it. Like, I just I don't get how Marissa can supposedly be one of the most popular girls at her high school and not know who the guy with the drugs is. Everyone knows that your high school who the guy with the drugs is. Like, everyone saw the police uh-huh. at this party. So, clearly, if there's, like, I mean, are these people just stupid? Are they not putting together, like, oh, they're probably going to be after the, like, they're probably going to try to figure out who brought the drugs there. Uh-huh. Like, I just don't understand why they didn't connect the dots. They were very, very obvious. Like, this this whole episode is one of the most implausible episodes of the entire series. And that's saying a lot, considering yeah. we were talking about the OC. I think the most implausible part is, and maybe I'm wrong, by the way, but like Trey, I guess, is going to be charged with distributing drugs unless they can, quote unquote, undercover, find the person who was actually distributing drugs. Like the amount of manpower that goes into this operation to find a high school drug dealer is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we have the great credits, of course. Uh, gentle, get, gentle piano over strumming guitar, as the subtitles say. Um, we go to Club Sandy and Kirsten. Kirsten is like super chill about the whole Trey thing. Not only that he's in trouble again, but that he's staying there. So it's kind of cool to see some character growth. Well, she's preoccupied we... with the Carter thing. She doesn't even really care. Sandy yeah. could have told her anything in that moment. She would have been like fine with it. Yeah. So right after, you know, she's I thought she was showing growth as a character. Um, She reminds Sandy that they'd planned hitting up a wine tasting in Santa Barbara uh, with Carter. And then Carter was going to bring Aaron. So it was going to be all four of them and it's going to be great. And when Kirsten finds out that Aaron's going to be there, she has um, feelings 
about it. You can see them written all over her face. Um, her drunk face. Her drunk face. So we leave Sandy and Kirsten momentarily, and we're with Julie. So Julie is, like, so chill. I think she's too chill because someone almost died in her pool, and she's completely glazing over the fact uh, that someone almost died in the pool because she thinks that punishing Marissa would involve having to tell Caleb about the party. Um, and she, I love this part where she describes her relationship with Caleb as a quote-unquote personal sacrifice that she makes for the family to keep a roof over no, their heads. having sex with Caleb is the personal sacrifice. Oh, excuse me. I said, I said relationship in quotes. Okay. Um, she describes her quote-unquote relationship with Caleb as a personal sacrifice. So, like, she is legitimately, without any doubt or equivocation, saying, yes, I am a gold digger. I am sleeping with him, so we have a place to stay and we yes. have money. I'm doing this for you. Um, so now we're at Harbor. We go to Harbor High School. Summer is still mad at Seth. Um, she drops the word subdulous in front of Zach, who's super impressed because remember, Summer was supposed to be the not smart one, and then all of a sudden she's using all these big SAT words. Yeah, but Zach um, is also being a little friendly with Summer. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Seth shows up right when he's getting a little bit too flirty, um, and he shows up at the single flower, and I think. You know, as much as I want to hate it, I do think that it is kind of a sweet kind of gesture slash claim that he has that we find out is true later that he has a vase of these flowers at home and he brings one every day, hoping that he'd run into her. How does he not run into Summer every day? Though? That doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's Do kinda, they not have a class together? That was kind of my follow-up note, which was, so you've brought one flower to school. Yeah, like how many days has it been? Day. What have we learned? It's been like, what have we learned? It's been like months. Yeah, yeah it, it's <laughs> been day. 47 school days. Yeah. So not only does he come bearing a flower, he also brings death cab tickets and gives yeah. one to Summer. Um, but uh, then, yeah, we should have we should have led with this as the death cab episode. Yeah, it's Big the reason. I, the reason I didn't lead with it is because I feel like it's kind of buried in the episode. And I remember, mm. I think it was Entertainment Weekly in an issue of Entertainment Weekly during the time that this episode was like being hyped up. I still remember the article. It was like a cut out of Seth Cohen's head, and it said, "Watch Seth Cohen's head explode next week on the OC." So. We lived this stuff, people. I know you're just witnessing it for the first time, but but Chelsea Ryan and I lived this. Um, so he brings the tickets. He gives one to Summer, but then Zach, of course, reminds him that Reed wants to meet with him tonight to discuss notes. No, no on he issue doesn't one. remind him. He tells him by saying, "Did you not check your email?" Oh gosh, that's even worse. So he yeah. tells him, "We have a meeting tonight with Reed. She wants to discuss uh, the notes on issue one of Atomic County." And so Seth has pretty much. It's the scene in in the last Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He has all of these choices. No, in, no, 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 no. It's the scene with Ace Ventura too, when he gets shot in both legs with the arrows. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I like it. Let's take that one because it's either you go with your dream girl to see your favorite band. It's not even close. Yeah, or you do comic books, and uh, well, now my joke doesn't work, so I'll just still say it. Seth chooses unwisely, so we'll pretend I was talking about Indiana Jones, um, but. <laughs> So let's go back to Operation 21 Jump Street. But no, hang um, on. He chooses yeah. to go with Reed and Zach to talk about comic books mm-hmm. instead of going with your girl, your hot, cool girlfriend to see your favorite band. That pissed me off. Yeah, it's... I mean, hold on. Let's try to play devil's advocate here. So his dream is to have his own comic, right? His dream is to be with Summer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because when you think about it that way, it is a stupid choice. The only way I could justify it is like, 
This is his one shot. This is his one chance. He's actually there. He's actually doing it, but I don't know. I, I think he's believe- taking advantage of the fact that he and Summer have had problems in the past, and she always comes back and forgives him, and he, I think he's like banking on that. We're still at Harbor, and we're with Marissa and Ryan now because Operation 21 Jump Street is officially begun, and they managed to ID the potential culprit, the druggist himself, senior water polo player Kyle Thompson, strong all-American Anglo-Saxon name. Um, they ID him because Ryan sees Jess, who he refers to as Floater Girl, um, talk. Oh, this is new Jess. <laughs> yeah, Jess Floater Girl Sathers uh, talking to Kyle, so he makes the connection. Um, Jess gives Marissa, Marissa like well, Kyle, either, Kyle's her boyfriend, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That, that was unclear. So, but she well, immediately she, wanted to cheat on like the second she saw. Well, Trey, I mean, she kissed like, him on the mouth, so I think they're probably dating on some level. I don't know. I mean, unless it's an Alex, well, if this is an Alex situation, but the guy, the, del- Tom, the delivery guy, or it's a Tom Brady situation. Don't you dare! Uh-huh. I'm editing that out so fast. <laughs> so um marissa kind of tries to talk to jess because they have a past and she's the most popular girl in school and all that uh but jess like either gives her the cold shoulder or like the oh wait i almost died at your house shoulder i really couldn't tell which one it was. their relationship is strange because yeah. marissa claims that they're friends jess kind of big leagues her and acts like she's not shit but then later mm-hmm. on jess says something along the lines of like i would love the chance to party with the legendary marissa cooper Oh, I was like, yeah. what? What is it's happening in this high school? So we go back to the love triangle, love square. Love I don't know what it is. Yeah, the love sack, uh, Kirsten and the Rocketeer. Turns out Aaron ghosted Carter. She isn't going to Santa Barbara. Kirsten and Sandy aren't going to Santa Barbara either. So it looks like it's only going to be Carter going. Boo hoo. So Aaron is um, available. Yes, she's available. Hit me up. So I had forgotten about this part, but I wrote in my notes, I'm placing bets now that Sandy ends up encouraging Kirsten to go. She does, and bad things happen or almost happen, Mm. especially when Carter puts on a guilt trip. Um, And what I don't understand is this whole thing. Why does Kirsten say she doesn't like drinking wine alone? Because it's like one of her main character traits. That's all she does. That's like what she does. Yeah. I mean, I guess she could do it and hate it, but that's neither here nor there. That's what's going on in Adult World for now. Let's go back to Operation 21 Jump Street. So Marissa approaches and apologizes to Floater Girl. Uh, Floater Girl's super chill about everything and describes almost dying in a pool as just another quote-unquote war story um, before recognizing Marissa as a fellow member of the Band of Sisters after her David Lynch-directed TJ mishap back in Season 1. And speaking of Season 1... Marissa really brings back that old Marissa energy to get some dirt on Kyle and has Jess put her drug feelers out. I really like mm-hmm. seeing old Marissa back looking to score. Um, this is so convoluted, though. It really is. It really is. And it's so silly. Like, Jess has to know that they're in some trouble and there are some consequences for her just, like, almost dying in mm-hmm. Marissa's house. And suddenly Marissa's like, oh, yeah, can you, like, hook me up with drugs? Like, how does she not understand what's going on? So stupid. Yeah. This episode frustrated me. I mean, it was kind of fun. Like, oh, a, a crime caper. But it was it so paid stupid. Off. It paid off in the end, but it took a whole lot of trust to get to the end. It, it paid off. Like, it was satisfying, but it, 
but because it was so ridiculous. Like. It was it was worth it for one single moment, and I will tell you what that moment is when we get there. But for one moment, makes all this worth it. Big news, guys! Um, the actress that plays Aaron has five acting credits to her name, and nothing what since are they? 2004. Oh. Uh, the TV show Numbers, a TV movie, The OC, the TV show Hawaii, and another movie called Bloodline. And then her career and, died. And the TV, the hit TV show called uh, Fixer Upper. Yep, that's true. So we are, uh, <laughs> we're back in the Cohen kitchen, home base, HQ. Um, Sandy is working on Trey's case. Turns out the prosecutor in the case is a big old Irish Catholic guy with six daughters. Um, so it's not super good, like good odds, but Sandy's up for the challenge. He as looks he like is. the guy that plays the Dean in season four. <laughs> I, I like to think it's the same guy in my head. It's oh yeah. That Dean, I recognized him immediately because he's the uh, football player in cruel intention. Ooh. He is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. I watched Cruel Intentions recently because you brought it up on the Christmas episode and I watched it not long after yeah. that. And yeah. And I had that same mm-hmm. moment where he was in the dorm room with him. So I mean, that, mo- that movie yeah. kind of fucked me up, though, just because I was like, is this how teenagers behave? Like, I saw it at too formidable of a time. So I just, I don't know. I think I had a really warped view of what kids did in high school. You learn how to do high school from Cruel Intentions just like you learn how to date from watching Next. Yeah, exactly. I'm learning so much. I'm gaining all of the puzzle pieces right now to Chelsea, and this is really to fun. how I got here. Uh, this is that this whole podcast is an intervention origin story. Um, it's great. I don't have to pay for therapy anymore. So it's now comic book time, not comic book minute. There's no comic book minute in this episode. Um, I don't think. So Zach and Seth meet with Aaron and Damon, a self-aware 4chan message board, to talk about Atomic County. 4chan is worried about issues like universality and that kids in the heartland won't uh, get the world of Atomic County. I I personally would be offended by this. I love this guy. This whole whole scene, though, it's supposed to be an allegory for the pushback that Schwartz got over his TV show. Seriously? That's what it read to me. That's oh, how it read to me. I love didn't, that. didn't you guys interpret it the same way? I, I I could see that. I could totally see it. I just thought he was being a tool and I couldn't respect him because he had German flags sewn into his shoulders. Um, just like the things that they were saying. They were like, well, it, it's too based in a city. We like to do it in every town so the kids in um, you know, the heartland can relate. And, you know, the yeah. town isn't, you know, shouldn't be the, uh, like a character within the show. And, you know, the magic flask, we need we need to get rid of that. And they had a lot of pushback. Well, they had a lot of pushback on the cigarettes in the first episode. So I feel like every single issue that he had was stuff that the like that Josh Schwartz had to deal with. So I thought that was a cool like meta moment, kind of like we, we get whenever they talk about the valley. Yeah, there's the, he even thought the ironist was too cerebral, which I can't remember. I remember people were surprised that Seth almost became the heartthrob of the series rather than Ryan. So I don't know if that was a kind of a nod to that, but um, but I don't know. Guys, I have another breaking news update about Erin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was oh. the lead on the TV show called Numbers. That's one of her credits, along with the actress that played Teresa on the OC. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, that's big ant energy in that show. Mm. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, turns out there's going to be a party with quote unquote people in the industry. Uh, so the fact that everything is going so great makes me realize that Seth is going to screw it up even more. Um, Zach actually gives awesome advice at this point, though, about making summer a part of the process. But it's awesome advice generally, but with his ulterior motive, it's really conniving. 
Guys, I have one more one more thing to say about Erin before we Do leave it. Do it. Erin Um I looked her up on Twitter. She doesn't have a Twitter, but I did find a tweet from 2010 from at Just Vim who wrote, the actress's, <laughs> the actress's name is Aya Sumika or Sumika. And he wrote, Aya Sumika, nice. Not the brightest spark in numbers, but definitely the hottest. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Dang. That's 2010 for you. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm so glad we've changed so much as a society. Um, yeah, we so, are so much more respectful nowadays. So we have another brief uh, vignette with Sandy and Trey, who are working on Trey's defense um, in the house. It's not going well, guys. It just so happens uh, that Trey going down to Bone Town with Floater Girl looks pretty suspicious. Luckily, Trey remembers uh, that Floater Girl was talking to someone tall, lean, and with a face you just want to flatten. So that narrows it down to almost everyone else at the party. But guess what? <laughs> It is death cab time, yeah. and I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I really like death cab in this episode. I'm so glad they got on the show. I didn't think they were featured prominently enough. I mean, compared to any other band that's been featured on here. Um, but anyway, Summer is suspicious of Marissa because she saw Marissa talking to quote unquote that coke whore Jess, um, yeah. which is great. Um, and of course, right when we get that sweet little taste of Death Cab, we go away and we are in um, in Caleb and Julie land. Julie, Julie, this scene was brutal. So Julie is in bed, like covered in roses and all this stuff. Oh, and, this this hurt. It, yeah. it was hard to watch. American. Uh, what's that movie called? Yeah. American Beauty. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Starring uh, mm-hmm. America's golden boy, Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So Caleb should have been Tate Donovan. It should have. So Caleb is back. Buckle up, pant loads. He's already in a bad mood. And he's already in a suit. Um, so he insults Julie twice and then tells her they're meeting with Caleb's lawyer the next day. No, no, he doesn't just insult her. He This was a funny line. when she yeah. He's like, what is this? And she's like, what does it look like? And he's like, it looks like one of your movies. That's so bad. Caleb's got it. But he, he wants to discuss things with his lawyer, which, okay, so I'm guessing it's not Sandy. So Sandy just represents him on the business side. So, uh-oh, everyone, mm-hmm. things are going bad for Julie. But thankfully, we're back at Death Cab. Um, we're back at the bait shop. This is the musical moment, by the way, is when they're playing The Sound of Settling, which is one of my favorite songs. By oh, sweet. And Death Caleb's Cab- suit, I'm assuming Chelsea doesn't have a fashion moment. I will give it to Caleb's suit. It's a very yeah, you got to give suit. it to it. Yeah. Oh, is, is it nice? Okay, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. If you ever are on vacation... Uh, recording the podcast, I will pick out the music moments for you. Absolutely, or uh, nice. yeah, it could be Julie and the rose petals, but I think it should be Caleb's suit. So, All right, let's um, do it. So, Death Cab is getting completely ignored, which bothers me. Um, so, I think at this point, there's an amazing line, a meta line from Summer, where she says something like, "I love, I love this concert and how the band is never too loud that you can't be heard when you're talking over them, and like she's talking at perfect volume while the band's playing in the background." Meta porn. Yeah, so Marissa, Marissa and Summer score a lead on the druggist. Jess uh, says that this mystery felon has lost his the stash. Dru- wait, the druggist? I call him the druggist. Okay. The druggist. Wait, is this during the, the Death Cab yeah. performance? Okay, which, by the way, we need to shout out because uh, Ben Gibber does his little, you know, when he's, like, playing and he's stomping and playing the uh, snare drum, like, with just one hand. Oh, this, that, that, I, like, that one love is, um... when he does it. It's so classic. Um, it, it's just so classic Death Cab, like, at the time that they were peaking, that oh, all yeah. three of us were super obsessed with him and would, like, sell our kidney to go to a show. It's just so and typically just... Ben. 
Yeah, like rewatching it was just a really nice throwback moment because we've all seen him do that and it it still hits. <laughs> Guys, I lied to you. I'd like to give you one more Aaron update. Uh, she is, uh, I found her Instagram, Midori underscore ribbon. She sells custom corporate gift wrapping. Ooh. There you go. That's I what would she so acting, didn't quite, acting didn't quite work out for her. Why? We'll get some gift wrap from her. I need something that she touched. So, okay. so Marissa and Summer, uh, they have a lead. And Jess says that this mystery dealer has lost his stash, but he's taking orders. So you can pre-order your drugs. Um, you gotta wait gives, in line like the iPhone. Yeah, he he gives Marissa. She gives Marissa an invite to a party where they're meeting. Uh, she gives her a flyer. Oh, excuse me. Yes, a flyer, not an invite. That's right. That's um, right. Yes. And uh, I, so we have a great line from Summer here. They ask. She asks Summer if she wants any drugs, and Summer says, "No, just the ganja for me. What's from the earth is of the greatest worth." I love. Oh, that I thought scene. that was precious. Oh yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I love the ganja. Yeah, that was funny. That was cute. So Sandy and Kirsten are talking shop before bed. Sandy is despondent about Trey. Kirsten gives him some great advice, says, hey, man, the DA only knows Trey on paper. So Sandy, I guess he's like, great. That's a great point. And uses that positive energy to say, go ahead. Just go to the wine tasting with Carter. What could possibly go wrong? And so they go to the wine tasting together eventually. But we are back with Death Cab. And now that I'm looking at this, maybe Death Cab was featured quite a bit. So the sound of settling is playing. Uh, Ryan is pretending he's on drugs while talking to Kyle at the bar. Kyle leaves in a hurry like he's about to load his pants. And then the chase is on. They run up the stairs. <laughs> Just when Ryan catches up, Seth cuts him off to talk about his own problems. Um, but he missed, he missed Death Cab. Yeah, he missed Death Cab. He's not happy about it. But, okay, I will say this. Seth really did have a funny line in this scene because when they run outside and they're trying to figure out where they go, Seth just goes offhand, well, they're not that way because that's, that's the, ocean. the ocean. Love that. Um, so that's the end of Death Cab. So thanks for coming on the show, guys. Um, now we're gonna... It kind of was the end of Death Cab if you're a fucking mainstream sellout. Oh, dude, I love Codes and Keys. Um, I actually do. It's a great album. Yeah, it really is. So we codes are going. Codes and keys, really? I'm into it. I like all of them. I really do. Nah, I don't like all of them, but I like codes and keys. So I like everything pre-codes and keys. Codes and keys isn't terrible, but I just like. What's your favorite Death well, Cab well, album, Chelsea? Um, I. Uh, Transatlanticism and plans. Yeah. I'm a purist, and then the no. one right after plans. No, Narrow Stairs. Well, I think Narrow mm-hmm. Stairs is their best album, but Transatlanticism mm-hmm. is my favorite album. I'm a plan. Yeah. I'm a plans guy. I can't. I I love Ugh. plans so plans, much. Plans yeah. and codes and keys are okay. Yeah, photo Those album. Photo albums up there, so good. Oh yeah, Ugh. I like their cover of "Waterfall" by TLC that came out this year. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're gonna go to a new land. It's called Questionable Ethics Land. Um, first, don't ambush the DA on a weekend at lunch. Second, don't bring your client when okay, you do it. Okay, but this is again. That seems so more, unethical. There are two more things here, like. Sandy, they're running, like I said, they've run out of ideas. They're doing the same things over and over again. They're stuck in a loop. Just like Mm -hmm. Chelsea says, just like we're watching whatever that show was that you like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're doing the same shit over and over again. This is Sandy once again going to visit going to visit another attorney once again, off the Mm -hmm. clock, once again, ambushing him once again. Yeah. Um, And then there's the scene later on, as I'm sure we'll get to it, Kirsten and Carter have to stay in a hotel together once again, 
Two people stuck mm-hmm. in a hotel together. What's going to happen once again? And now, guys, it's time for a little infidelity jaunt. We're in Santa Barbara. After some playful flirting, we find out that Kirsten likes American Idol. And Sandy likes something called torch music. I looked this up. A torch song is apparently a very sentimental love song. Um, season one veterans know that he also likes Rooney, though. So Car- whenever I forget Carter's name, I just call him the Rocketeer, but I'm trying not to. So Carter has decided that he wants to turn the piece into an expose because the guy they were supposed to go there to talk to um, was not going to be there. So he's like, let's just do an expose. And then they start drinking. So Summer and Seth are still bickering on the way to this comic book party, a comic book rager, if you will. And Seth like immediately ditches Summer to talk to Scott, uh, excuse me, not Scott, Joe Sacco. Um, he wrote the fixer as Seth says fixer was a comic about, okay sorry comic book minute a comic about the Bosnian war and a man who sells his stories to western journalists listed as one of the best comics of 2003 this has been your comic book minute um, and so when he leaves to go and talk to, uh, to Sako in the kitchen Jack sw- Zach swoops in gets her a drink and we kind of begin to see his motives are even more clear. Were they being served alcohol at this party, by the way? That's what it sounds like. He's like, do you want to get a drink? That's what it sounds like, unless it's like yeah. Mountain it's, or it's Mountain Dew. It's either alcohol They're or Mountain schoolers. Dew. They're high schoolers. Yeah. There's no other in between. It's Mountain Dew or alcohol. We're going to go back to La La Land. Um, Team 21 Jump Street tells Sandy that they do know who the dealer is. They figured it out, and they're going to get proof. And so they devise a plan off screen. Um, and we don't get to get to it yet. We get to do something even better um we get to sin at the mermaid inn with lance and julie they're together they're reminiscing they're drinking some super heavy pours of whiskey um and lance decides to float his pill plan to kill caleb and he is serious as he says as a heart attack so so we are literally getting a call back to floater girl and a call forward to the season two finale um, so I was really impressed with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. C- Caleb was the real floater girl all along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the floater girl in your heart. So Julie pays him to get out of town, but, uh, not before the paparazzi gets some sweet, sultry, kissy pictures. Mm. Um, we're back in Santa Barbara. It's clear that neither, uh, Kirsten or Carter has been using the spit bucket, which means, uh, oh, everyone, they have to spend the night together. So we mm. jump from one sin to another. We're at another sweet house party and some candy flipping, ecstasy plus mushrooms. It's good for the body and mind. Marissa is on the list, but sorry, dog, Ryan isn't. So Marissa tells him in front of the bouncer to meet her yeah. around the side of the house to sneak in. He that guy's does. not a bouncer, by the way. He's just a kid. He's he, he's he looks tough though. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan does what she asks and enters yet another iteration of this dark side that they refer to so much. Um, they're at the party now. We flash back to Julie. The cuts were so abrupt in this episode. It's not um, a flashback. Yeah, we are it's a flash back. sideways. <laughs> a flash side. So fresh uh, from the Mermaid Inn, Caleb is sitting on the couch giving off crazy post-Thanksgiving granddad vibes. And he is not happy with Julie because she ghosted him on their talk. Julie starts crying real tears. Caleb actually says, are those real tears? Turns out they worked. Caleb just lost a star. That's okay. It's worth it. Caleb wants to make it work. I'm impressed that's the first time in this entire monologue. Um, so we're back in, uh, but we don't ever figure out what, cause I don't remember who the pictures were, like the pictures being taken. We don't, yeah, we, we don't find out in this episode. Okay. So we're now back in Santa Barbara. I'm starting to think that Carter has a drinking problem because he wants to, uh, sober up from drinking by drinking more drinks. 
Um, <laughs> and so reasonable. he decides that he's going to take a shower while Kirsten does whatever it is she does. Um, he takes off his shirt before leaving the room, which is a total sexual power play. And uh-huh. Kirsten like has this kind of like, oh my gosh, can you believe it's happening? But she's going to mm-hmm. call Sandy, and she does. Uh, Sandy is chill. He's he's reasonable. He asks if they've uh, had a little too much Indian spirit, which is kind of questionable. Because, but he's cool about it because he knows he just did the same thing with Rebecca. That's true. Yeah, and re- regardless, he's, he's so nice. He just wants her to be safe. Uh, and so Trey, who is seated you know, in the passenger seat, brings up what everyone else is thinking. He doesn't yeah. know a lot of guys who would leave their wives overnight with another guy. But Sandy's not worried because they've been married for 20 years. And I'm Sandy's so, not like other guys. Yeah, I'm not like other guys. He's I a like, cool guy. I like That's torch right. music. So uh, Kirsten, like on cue right after that scene, finds out that the winery was able to find a car. But the question is, is she going to tell Carter and are they going to take the car? But before we learn, we're back at the comic book party and Seth is getting buttered up again by 4chan. Atomic County body spray, Atomic County video games, Atomic County TV shows, everything's being thrown out. How do this you think- This is just so unlikely. Wouldn't they want to release one first and see if it does well before they do all the rest of it? Yeah. yeah this is so unbelievable and so overwritten. It's wild. Yeah, so Summer interrupts, feeling like we all feel, insults everyone loudly, and says that she wants to go home. Uh, Zach agrees to drive her and gives, like, the most absolute snake look. So Kirsten does do the right thing. She gets kind of close to Carter, not quite nose graze distance, but, like, they could probably be speaking in their six-inch voices if they were at elementary school. They would give each other COVID. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were not practicing social distancing. Um, Kirsten does the right thing. She says, the car is here. I got to get home. Uh, so that's all great. But now here it is, the gripping finale of this episode mm. um, and of 21 Jump Street, that entire storyline. The party is still rocking. Turns out the culprit is, that's right, listeners, it's Kyle. The Sandy and Trey cavalry ride in as Marissa is chatting with Kyle on the beach. He doesn't care she has a boyfriend, but he does care that Ryan, the boyfriend, I guess, is there. There's a beach fight, and this is the scene that I said makes this convoluted plot all worth it. Trey enters the ring by hitting a fleeing Kyle with the door with the of a car. car. Door. Um, and then he like kind of looks down at him and does that thing where he just kind of shrugs and looks like a confused meerkat. The DA runs up because DAs are always there and says, well, I'll dismiss the case. And Sandy, I like you're running. Yeah, you're Sandy, running. Yeah. Thank you for ambushing him. And so what this tells me. So hang me, on. This is, if Trey is like being investigated for being a drug dealer, right? Yeah. But they also let him like get in the cop car and like it go along with it and like help him take down the actual drug dealer. Yeah. It's Yeah, like uh It's a hot mess. And the way that they they just like pull up on the beach that's like so ridiculous, which I get it and I love and I lean into some queso especially on this show that's part of like that's why we like season 4 so much, but this was just I guess the season, the end of the season got weird because they have really charming moments like that, but it's mixed with some very, very dark themes mm. that they, I don't know, whenever you mix the two together, it just doesn't meld well. Yeah. So my, my whole thing with all this is like they got the right guy. He got exonerated. And so I guess the ends kind of justify the means. It took too long, but they did it. So case closed. There are only two other things that happen in this episode that I'm going to talk about. The first thing is Ryan and Marissa kiss and then imply that they're going to go down to Bone Town. That's right. In the pool house, leave some floaters. Uh, and then Floater Girl shows up at Trey's apartment and just like is doing that. 
she gives off such weird Holly energy where she's like, she speaks so much. My in theory in- is that Jess died and it was replaced by Holly, just like Avril Lavigne. That's, and that's what you need to know here is that mm-hmm. uh, that we have some possession, we have some weird stuff going on, and everyone. That is the end of the OC Confidential. Wow, that was good. You did good. <sighs> yeah, that was that was a really yeah. You killed you it. You guys do this every week now. That's you can't you set the bar too high for yourself. I will. Mm-hmm. Nude. It's a lot of writing. Tatted Dylan. I think he said nude Dylan. Nude Dylan. You guys can't see I'm not wearing pants. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so we're left with like Trey is going to hook up with Holly. They leave it in a way where you know that like, or not Holly, Jess. Where they leave it in a way where you know Jess is going to become like an important part of this now because mm-hmm. she's like the final scene. She, her boyfriend's in jail and she gets to like be with Trey now. And Trey is still susceptible to high school girls, apparently. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's the episode twenty. Uh, that will get. It. We only have two more weeks. We only have four more episodes. Yep. And then yeah. we'll be done with season two. There's there's a lot going on. We got what's yeah. going to happen with Trey? Are Ryan and Marissa back together? Are Seth and Summer ever going to make it work? Spoiler alert: No. Find uh, out next week. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so. You can email us at coenspod at gmail You can find us on Instagram at coenspod. C o h e n s p o d. Dylan, tell them about the things. We live on oh, your man. validation. Yes. I I no longer have blood in my veins. I have mm-hmm. stars from Apple Music. And so I do not want to have any kind of anemic condition. And the only way you mm-hmm. can save this life and all of our lives is by giving us five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you're feeling extra saucy, give us a, a review and text. Write your thoughts out. Just dear diary, this podcast is awesome. Say whatever you want to say. The more ratings and reviews we have, the more popular we are. Um, and we want to be the Marissa Cooper of podcasts. And we want to be on that front page. We want to die. We, yeah, we want to die after a couple seasons, but be really popular while we're alive. Um, so please rate us, review us. It's the best way you can help besides just, I don't know, sacrificing goats and saying nice things about us. But um, other than that, thank y'all for listening this week and every week. That's right. Chelsea, how's, uh, well, what are you, where are you about to go do? Um, I'm about to go to a magic show. It sounds ridiculous, but every time I come to Cabo, we go. Never gets old. It's way too expensive, but totally worth it. You see illusions, but not tricks. They're illusions, Michael. I'm going to send you guys videos tonight. And you're going to be amazed. I'm gonna I s- can't wait to pretend I, like, I looked at those. <laughs> I will watch them unless we will watch them. Okay, there you go. Two people. Okay, uh, well, that's it. Um, Chelsea, if you have anything else you want to say, if not, uh, we can we can get out of here. All right, sounds good. We'll talk soon. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.